0: Welcome back to another Sound Truth interview. I'm your host, Adam Miller, and today I'm privileged to be joined once again by Nancy Guthrie, who you might know from many of her great books and her Bible studies. I know the ladies in our church use her Bible studies on a regular basis. Such a great resource. But you know what? We have an even better privilege, as Nancy's going to be coming here to New England to hold one of her Biblical Theology workshops. We're very excited. She'll be in Woburn on October 15th, and that night is actually already sold out, so she's actually added another day. She's going to be coming and staying for the 16th as well, that Sunday. A real delight to have her not only here on the broadcast today, but also coming to visit us here in New England. Nancy, I can't thank you enough for being a part of the many voices for that one message.
1: Oh man, I am so excited. This has finally come together to come to New England. I've been trying to do these biblical theology workshops for women all around the country and especially wanting to serve areas where there's not quite as much uh, many things offered for women around the country. And so, I'm so excited this has come together. And yeah, as you said, that first workshop, we we put tickets on sale on August 1st. And by August 12th, it was full, uh, 400 seats at Genesis Church. And so, we tried to figure out how can we add another one. And uh, because this church is in a... Uh, in an area of uh, commerce there was wouldn't be enough parking on friday so we added another one for sunday afternoon so it'll start at two o'clock in the afternoon and go till about 7 30 or eight o'clock and i know that will be a long day for for women especially if they're at their own church that morning but uh, i'm just glad that genesis church was willing to do it and already that one we've got 330 seats available for that one um and 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 already about 60 of those have been taken so um that one's filling up too and i'm just i'm just thrilled and expectant about what we're going what's going to happen there in, in Woburn in October
0: I think it's exciting because, uh, as you mentioned, New England is an area that is not often on a lot of people's maps as far as uh, traveling and touring and teaching. But I know when we first talked with you and you were asking about coming here, I'm so excited that it worked out and even more so that you were able to find a location and and even be able to put it into two days because I knew as soon as you told me you were coming that it would fill up uh, very, very quickly. And for our listeners, if you want to register, don't wait, don't linger at all. Go and sign up because you won't want to miss uh, this amazing workshop. Tell A little bit about the the kind of impetus of this workshop and and its foundation, where it began, and and what prompted you to hold these across the country?
1: Yeah. Well, I suppose if we want to go way back, it began with my own budding discovery of biblical theology. And that term can be kind of intimidating to people. Um, Attach theology to anything and it sounds like very heady, right? But – or, you know, when I first heard that term, I kind of thought, well, it's theology that's biblical. (laughs) well that's not exactly what it is you know there are different disciplines different types of theology which is simply the study of god and this is specifically um the type of theology that looks at the bible understanding that it is actually one story that is centered on the person and work of christ so that from the very beginning from genesis 1 all the way through the old testament through the new testament all the way to the end of the revelation rather than simply a collection of stories it's one story and throughout it's centered on the person and work of christ and then the other aspect of biblical theology is that like any good author the divine author has written a number of themes into his book That you can trace from beginning to end. So, you know, for example, if you read the book, let's say Beauty and the Beast. All right. So there's a storyline that you follow the series of events, and the Bible has a storyline, and all good storylines that they start out with kind of a setting, and then there's a crisis. And there's all of this um, rising action, and it comes to a climax, and then a resolution, which, you know, a Disney story, it's, they lived happily ever after, <laughs> right? Uh, uh, for Beauty and the Beast, what what's that climax? It's it's true love's kiss, right? And then it, it resolves, they live happily forever after. Well, the Bible has an original setting there in the Garden of Eden. It has a crisis, this curse that came upon humanity, and that alienation from God, and the problem of sin that was created. And throughout the Old Testament, we have this rising action, and we're wondering, we're watching for that promised offspring of the woman, or we're wondering how is this curse of sin going to be dealt with? In in what way is that promised offspring who's going to crush the head of the serpent? When and how is that going to happen? And that story comes to a climax in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then it also, it comes to a resolution. In the new creation, the new heavens and the new earth, or what what I called in my in my book uh, this uh, garden that is even better than Eden. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at the Bible in terms of that story and that theme. But really, in terms of themes, let's let's go back to Beauty and the Beast. You could say Beauty and the Beast. What would it be? Its theme, maybe inner beauty versus outer beauty. And my contention is if you read that book knowing that that's the theme the author has written into the book, you're watching for those little signals that pop out to you about inner beauty versus outer beauty, and that the same is true of the Bible. So, at the workshop, we're going to learn some of the major themes of the Bible, and then learn what to do when we see some of those themes pop out in the Bible wherever Mm -hmm. we're reading.
0: I think that's really important, especially when you consider a lot of the material that's out there right now for women, Bible studies, and uh, even uh, workshops like this, that uh, are really geared towards segments of Scripture, even kind of embedded ideas that are, uh, you know, deeper narratives, but not the narrative of Scripture. A lot of this stuff doesn't allow them to go back home and apply those principles to their own Bible study, and that's ultimately what you're trying to, to aim at.
1: Mm. Well, I have two big goals in this workshop. My contention is that as we see Christ through the lens of these biblical themes, and let me just give a few examples of what they might be. Uh, king and kingdom, garden and wilderness, covenant, uh, sacrifice, the Sabbath, marriage, blessing and cursing, the city of God. Okay, that as we see and trace this story where it comes to a climax in his life, death, and resurrection. I think it causes us to love Christ more. Mm. It, it's, you, you know, to love someone is to know them. You know, the more we know them, the more we come to love them. And the same is true for Christ. And I think we, we, most of us have a desire to love him more than we do. But what biblical themes do, it's it's, it's like it helps us to look at Christ from all of these different angles that we see his person and work, and that generates more love for Christ. So, that's my number one goal in the workshops. And then my number two goal is that it would cause women to long more for his return. You know, this… This world, what we can see with our eyes and what we experience day to day, it's so much with us. And it's so captivating of our attention and our allegiance and our desires and all of these things. But I think there's something about being really tuned in to this story that the Bible is telling and where it's headed. You know, sadly for many of us, the Christian life has been presented to us that, you know, you try real hard, you, you, you know, you become a Christian, you try real hard to live the Christian life, and then you go to heaven when you die. And it's not that those things aren't true, because they are. They're just not the whole story. And therefore, it, it kind of stunts what we're looking toward, what we're looking forward to, and, and therefore, it stunts the whole aim of our life, and especially our Christian life. And so, as we understand this story the Bible's telling, what where this story is headed that it's headed toward a new creation in which all who are joined to christ by faith will be in his presence face to face on a renewed earth in which uh, we will be with him and we'll be with each other in this community of believers and sin will be gone for good and we'll live in complete security and complete satisfaction well that's where the story of the Bible's headed. And if you are a person who's joined to Christ, that's where your life is headed. Mm -hmm. And so, I, I think oftentimes we as Christians, our hearts are not set on the return of Christ because our hearts haven't been set on what all of that's going to usher in when He comes again. So, my desire for the Biblical Theology Workshop for Women is that it would cause women to love Christ more and it would cause them to long more for His return and I've done about forty of these workshops over the country since the fall of 2019, Adam. And when women tell me that that has been the effect on them, I have, there's just I just feel so much joy and satisfaction for my investment of doing these all around the country. And and this year it's really all around the world because I have been doing them around the world. And I'm just I'm just grateful for that. And I just am thankful for the way I've seen God use them and. I'm really anticipating how he'll use this biblical theology workshop for women there in the Boston area in October.
0: Mm. I think, as you mentioned, this is uh, opening up the Bible to themes allows you to see how all the, the different stories are interconnected. Unfortunately, as you mentioned, a lot of uh, a lot of people are taught not to use the Bible in that way, so they're looking at individualized stories, little vignettes, and so they they understand a little bit about how we're saved, we understand the gospel, and they might know a little bit of how to deal with anger, or maybe how to raise a child, or how to love their husband, but not seeing these interconnected themes really Gives them a truncated version of the story.
1: Well, that you're so right. I mean, and I feel like most a lot of my life, that's how my understanding of how to approach the Bible was shaped. Yeah, there was some good doctrine in there, mm-hmm. but I think it was very oriented toward going to the Bible to figure out what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty in the Bible that does instruct me about how i'm supposed to live but i think the bible is more centrally not about what i'm supposed to do but about what christ has done and i can so remember the first time i heard that said i can remember a sunday school class maybe it was 20 years ago but i was kind of like stop everything <laughs> say that again because it just did ring true to me there's something there's a, a a deep sense of that but i think a, maybe a lot of people are like me having grown up in the church you know i learned all of these stories in the old testament which which i couldn't have put them in order for most of my life and also they were mostly about me looking at that person or that event as kind of an example of you know try real hard to be like this and try real hard not to be like that Mm. well that's exhausting and pretty much impossible And also, not completely clear, that expects that the Bible, as it tells us stories, that that people are clearly good and bad, and, you know, actually, when we look throughout the whole of the Bible, people are just like us. They are a mix of good motives and bad motives, and of um, innocence and guilt. And so, the Bible isn't centrally, you know, these examples to follow. It's pointing us to the person and work of Christ. And My experience, Adam, has been that the closer I look at Christ as he's presented in the Bible, and especially how biblical theology helps me to see him, it emphasizes to me the beauty, the sufficiency, and the necessity of Jesus Christ. As we look at him, I I begin to think that mostly the message of the Bible, no matter where you are, is you must become joined to Christ. He is your only hope, and um, so I. I hope that that's what people get out of my teaching, <laughs> and I. Um, I'm just looking forward to sharing that with the women of New England.
0: Mm. Now, the the workshop is biblical theology. And you've already mentioned that theology is a bit of a word that is intimidating. And for a lot of our listeners, they're wondering, really, is this something, I'm, I'm not planning on going to seminary, I'm not going to be uh, you know, serving in ministry. Is it really that important for me to have the finer details of understanding the Bible all worked out?
1: <laughs> well, first of all, yeah, I, I know that term that sounds intimidating. I just want to promise any woman listening, I have to tell you, These workshops are so much fun. We laugh. We have a good time. And just no matter where you are, my goal is just to take you a step forward. You know, uh, no matter where you are, to take a step forward in your grasp of and your love for Jesus Christ. I'm wanting to teach a foundational biblical literacy skill that I think most of us in the modern evangelical American church didn't learn. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not exactly sure why, but I think our, our church has kind of um, abandoned biblical theology a lot of years ago because I, I tend to think it's because of our American pragmatism that, we, you know, we're, we're teaching Sunday school to kids, and we want to tell them, here's how we want you to do, what what you've got to do to behave. We want to have what I would call very practical outcomes of our teaching practical applications and well i actually think that the most practical application there is is that you must become joined to christ and that um that you must love christ because that's what feeds our obedience but i just want to say to anyone who who's maybe intimidated by the title i promise you you don't have to be intimidated uh, we're going to walk through being able to understand and articulate the story of the Bible. We're going to introduce these themes. I'm going to give everybody this 16-page workbook that's very friendly. It's not intimidating as we work our way through three 90-minute sessions that are very interactive. We'll have microphones around the whole room so that all ask questions. What did you find here? What do you think there? And we'll interact and we'll have a Q&A. And you know, the, the ethos of these events is not like intimidating study. You got to know all this stuff. It's more like we're all here together, trying to get a better grasp on this, and having a joyful time together in the Word of God. Uh, that just uh, makes us, honestly, more excited about our Bibles. I mm. think sometimes we just get come to be people that everything is spoon fed to us and. My big message to women is bring your curious mind to the Bible because that's what makes Bible study interesting rather than boring. See, I think a lot of us avoid our Bibles because we just kind of think the Bible's boring and we think it's not going to intersect with where we are today. It's, and I think we have an enemy who's telling us that and sometimes we listen. Mm. But I, at this workshop, I'm just trying to get women to think And to bring their curious minds to the Bible and to approach the Bible as a way of like an excitement over discovering a a tool that's going to help us unlock some of its riches that are going to be thrilling to us, not boring to us.
0: Mm one of my favorite quotes is uh, from A.W. Tozer in his book, The Pursuit of God, and he says, how tragic that we in this dark day, and that was what, 80 years ago, right, uh, have had our seeking done for us by our teachers. And I love what you're emphasizing there, because you're trying to provide the tools for the common person to be able to work through these understandings on their own. And I think a lot of cases, even in our preaching, we, we have laid out the table and done all of the work, and we haven't invited uh, people into the kitchen to discover this stuff with them. That imbues them with confidence to be able to read their Bibles with, with a, a feeling that they can actually understand it on their own.
1: Absolutely. That's what we want to do, is teach this skill. Uh, when I end the day, I'm going to have introduced, and they'll have in their workbook, 20 significant biblical themes. And my challenge to them is going to be, okay, I see here 20 weeks of personal time in the Bible, seeking to trace these themes. And then maybe if you're like me, you'll do it a couple of weeks and then stop. And so, how about if before you go, you connect with another woman who's here and you just agree, okay, let's do this together. We'll get together over the phone at three o'clock every Sunday afternoon, and we'll talk about what we've discovered this week. And in that way, you'll work your way through you know, these 20 themes over 20 weeks, and then you, you won't go back it'll be so exciting to you that you'll actually, you'll just want to keep going.
0: Mm. For the ladies who are, you know, looking at this and, and struggling to figure out how do I work this into my life, uh, a busy life, uh, a lot of children to take care of, got work that I got to deal with, got a husband I got to take care of, that's probably the hardest part of it. Uh, so, what kind of advice do you have for them to be able to actually work out these skills and practice them and implement them into their daily lives?
1: Mm. Well, here's the thing, Adam. I think for most of us, the issue's not time, Mm. even though we are very busy. I think the issue for us is mostly desire. Mm. Because, you know, I've got a washing machine over here and I've got a dishwasher. I'm going to go buy skinless, boneless chicken breasts (laughs) at the store. You know, so in our modern lives, you know, a lot's been done for us. I'm not Mm. downplaying busyness. I I recognize I don't have three toddlers you know and a high school senior at home or anything like that anymore so I'm not downplaying busyness but I think if we're honest that a lot of times it's about desire and that we actually do make time for what we want to do you know if it's growing our own vegetables to you know make homemade baby food we make time for that (laughs) and if it's scrolling through social media uh, or watching TikTok videos we make time for that and if it's you know, our kids' softball league, we make time for that, because we've deemed those things to be important, and we desire to give our time to those. And so, what we really need to do is just, is, I think, pray and ask God to give us more desire for His Word. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, to, to dive in to, like you said, the, the, to not only go for spoon-fed sustenance, but to open up our Bibles, to and and when we get to distracted to read that passage and turn it into prayer, so we turn it into a conversation with God. And I think those kind of things then begin to develop our appetite. I think our appetite has to get developed. We, we're, we're kind of like a kid who, you know, doesn't want to eat good food. We're just content with you know macaroni and cheese and hot dogs um, because our appetite's been kind of trained. that, And more substantive things don't taste good to us. So, we've got to develop our appetite for God's Word. And we Mm. find when we do, ah, then we get that rich dinner and those rich flavors and we find, "Mm, maybe I do have some time for this because it tastes so good.
0: I think as well, some of the ways that intimidate us is when we do sit down to read our Bibles and we don't have the skills and we're not understanding, we feel kind of defeated afterwards. We feel like maybe we didn't understand it. And then we hear someone preach on the text and we're like, I didn't see that when I was reading that. Sometimes it <laughs> happens think, to me
1: all the time. <laughs>
0: yeah. Sometimes I think as pastors, we, we act kind of like professional chefs, you know, where we go, mm-hmm. all right, and now you're going to souffle. And we don't... Ex- teach them this skill, right? We don't teach them how to do something that they could actually apply into their own, uh, their own kitchen, their own Bible study. But that's what this workshop is about, is to teach them the skills that will give them confidence to be able to discover the truths of God's Word on their own.
1: Yes, it will certainly grow us in those skills. But I got to tell you this, Adam, I still have that experience, mm-hmm. right? Where I, I open up the Bible and I, I, I read something, I'm just like, why is that in there? what is that communicating? I know if it's in God's word that God is saying something, and he's saying something actually very important that I need to grasp. I think I can never expect to just immediately get it on the surface. See, I think that's the issue for us. I think it is for me oftentimes. You know, I read through something quickly, and I may be frustrated that I can't— gosh, I just can't seem to get beneath the surface. Nothing's breaking open for me. And the Bible doesn't reveal its riches to us without a little bit of effort. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means going over and over a passage, kind of applying some different tools to it so that it will open up to us. And then as we make that investment, it likely will. But the other way i want to respond to your question is to say that you know as i let's say let's say i'm i'm trying to you know really eat have a good diet right you know and um you know day by day maybe some of the things i'm eating aren't tasting as good to me as i want and i wonder if it's really having the effect i want it's it takes time for those things to happen. I think similarly for the Bible, we can't always expect that every day when we go to the Bible, we're gonna be a, we're gonna have a big aha, or a, or a big heartwarming thing, or be s- super convicted about something. That then we pray about that because we realize something needs to change. I mean, a day to day relationship with the Bible isn't always fireworks, mm-hmm. but over the long haul day by day, God has promised that his word goes to work in us, and it and it begins to shape us. It's, it's, it's slowly, over time, shaping our perspective, how we think about things, what we value, what we desire, what we think is important in this world. And oh my goodness, that's what we need, right? Mm-hmm. For the, the Bible to be shaping these things, because otherwise, Adam, something else will shape those things whether it's our cable news channel we watch or social media or the culture around us, whatever it is, those things will shape how we think, what we value, what we desire, what we think is important. Mm. And so, I would just say to that person who struggles when you read the Bible, you think, man, there's just not much fireworks happening. I'd say, don't give up (laughs) because there will be days when the fireworks happens. But more than that, you can trust God that as you feed on His Word, He's going to use it in your life to shape you and make you into that person that I know you desire to be, which is a person who thinks and acts and looks like Jesus Christ, because that is the goal of our lives. And God, uniquely by His Holy Spirit, through His Word, uses His Word to accomplish that in our lives.
0: Mm. There's no shortcuts to this process of spiritual development at all, and it does take work, but it is a well worth uh, application of our skills and our our study. Uh, I'm really excited about this event in particular because it shows that there is a lot of hunger out there. The fact that uh, your first event has already filled up and sold out and you had to put on a second day, it kind of shows that there is an appetite for this, that there is a desire for people to be trained and equipped to study God's Word.
1: Absolutely. I'm just thrilled to know the women of New England are hungry for something called Biblical Theology Workshop for Women. I I think they're coming because they feel confident that the investment of that day together is going to reap a benefit in their experience with the Bible day to day. And that is certainly my prayer.
0: Mm this is also a reminder to the churches that uh, we need to get our women's groups together. We need to kind of in, infuse in them some really great resources. Obviously, a lot of your Bible studies, are, we use them at our church. They're great resources for our ladies, but there's a hunger there that we need to see and encourage and foster, but also for our, I think, a lot of our listeners, if they're on the fence. If there's anyone who's listening to this and the ladies are thinking, well, I don't know if I can really carve out the time. Is it going to be worth it? It's going For some of them, it's going to require them to travel quite a bit. What kind of advice for You uh, from you for them, would you challenge them or encourage them to see the value of this in their life?
1: Yeah, I would say this that my experience has been that most things in this world, the closer you examine them, they start to fall apart. Yes, if you Mm -hmm. think about you know, most organizations, ideologies, whatever, the closer you look, the more it falls apart, except for the Bible. My experience has been with the Bible, the closer I get, the the more I examine it, the deeper I go, the more it holds together, the more I see this is a divine book. And so, that means that the Bible is the one book that's worthy of spending a lifetime seeking to know And understand. I remember early on when I was in a Bible study and women around me, they like just seemed to know the Bible better than I did. Like the top, you know, a certain book of the Bible would come up and they would they would seem to know what that book was about. Well, I didn't, you know, or they knew where stuff was in the Bible. Well, I didn't. And I just remember thinking to myself, Wow, gosh, like it would take a whole lifetime to know the Bible like that. And now I say, It's going to take a whole lifetime to know the bible and that the bible is worth it Mm -hmm. it's it it, it's it's worth it Uh, you know at my church every week uh the pastor will say um the the grass withers the flowers fade and we all say together but the word of the lord endures forever Mm The Word of God is the one thing that's going to last forever. And so, it, it's worthy. It's worthy of investing ourselves in seeking to know and understand and enjoy.
0: Mm. And of course, what a lot of our listeners would know along with that verse is the Word of the Lord doesn't return void. Yeah. Uh, when you put time and energy in your study of the Word of God, it will reap its benefits uh, multiple times over It's such a great opportunity for our ladies. So excited uh, to see that this is happening here in New England. Uh, Could I ask you, Nancy, to pray for this event and to pray for the ladies that are um, registered and those who are going to register for this event?
1: Terrific. I'd love to. Lord, we thank you that you have seen fit to speak to us, that you condescended to speak in human language that we could understand, and that in your book we find the most important truths in the universe so lord i speak for many when i ask your forgiveness for ignoring your word dabbling in your word instead of feasting on it richly and so lord we ask your forgiveness for uh, ignoring the abundance in your word that is there and so we we want to turn toward you We want to know you, we want to love you, and we want to listen to you. And so, I pray, Lord, that you would use this biblical theology workshop for women that's going to be there at Genesis Church. As women come, I pray, Lord, that you would bless their investment of that day by giving them more hunger for and more satisfaction from your word. I pray for those women who would like to come but perhaps see some obstacles i pray that you would deal with those obstacles so that they might join us on october 16th where we still have openings and that they would come and enjoy the day with a group of sisters all just looking together with a longing to love christ more and to long more for his return Lord, we think that these things are at the center of your heart, and so you delight to answer these prayers, and so we are glad to offer them. We ask you to supply everything we need, because you are everything we need. your name I pray, amen.
0: Amen. We've been talking with Nancy Guthrie, who will be coming here to the Boston area, here to New England, for this amazing biblical theology workshop for women. To find out more information, it is on Saturday, October 15th and the 16th. As we already heard, the 15th is already filled up, so you can still register for the 16th and I'm sure that's going to fill up as well, so be sure to do that very quickly. You can always contact us. We'll help you through that process if you head over to our website at songtime.com or give us a call, 508-362-7070. But Nancy, if people want to follow up specifically with you and find this information on your website, where should they go?
1: Simply nancyguthrie.com. You'll find information about workshops and books and like more information than you want.
0: Well, there's a lot. All of them are really great resources. I could endorse them. And you've been on the broadcast many times before. We're so grateful for you. And we're so glad that you're coming to New England. Thank you again for being a part of the many voices for that one message.
1: Thank you, Adam. Glad to be with you.